0: section five of english literature by william j long this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter three the anglo-norman period ten sixty six to thirteen fifty part one historical introduction the normans the name norman which is a softened form of northman tells its own story the men who bore the name came originally from Scandinavia, bands of big blond fearless men cruising after plunder and adventure in their Viking ships and bringing terror wherever they appeared. It was these same children of Woden who under the Danes raven flag had blotted out Northumbrian civilization in the ninth century later the same race of men came plundering along the french coast and conquered the whole northern country but here the results were altogether different instead of blotting out a superior civilization as the danes had done they promptly abandoned their own their name of normandy still clings to the new home but all else that was norse disappeared as the conquerors intermarried with the native franks and accepted french ideals and spoke the french language so rapidly did they adopt and improve the roman civilization of the natives that from a rude tribe of heathen vikings they had developed within a single century into the most polished and intellectual people in all europe the union of norse and french i e roman gallic blood had here produced a race having the best qualities of both the will power and energy of the one the eager curiosity and vivid imagination of the other when these norman french people appeared in anglo-saxon england they brought with them three noteworthy things a lively celtic disposition a vigorous and progressive latin civilization and a romance language note a romance language is one whose basis is latin not the classic language of literature but a vulgar or popular latin spoken in the military camps and provinces Thus, Italian, Spanish, and French were originally different dialects of the vulgar Latin, slightly modified by the mingling of the Roman soldiers with the natives of the conquered provinces. End of note we are to think of the conquerors therefore as they thought and spoke of themselves in the domesday book and all their contemporary literature not as normans but as franci that is frenchmen the conquest at the battle of hastings ten sixty six the power of harold last of the saxon kings was broken and william duke of normandy became master of england of the completion of that stupendous conquest which began at hastings and which changed the civilization of a whole nation this is not the place to speak we simply point out three great results of the conquest which have a direct bearing on our literature first notwithstanding caesar's legions and augustine's monks the normans were the first to bring the culture and the practical ideals of roman civilization home to the english people and this at a critical time when england had produced her best and her own literature and civilization had already begun to decay second they forced upon england the national idea that is a strong centralized government to replace the loose authority of a saxon chief over his tribesmen and the world's history shows that without a great nationality a great literature is impossible third they brought to england the wealth of a new language and literature and our english gradually absorbed both for three centuries after hastings french was the language of the upper classes of courts and schools and literature yet so tenaciously did the common people cling to their own strong speech that in the end english absorbed almost the whole body of french words and became the language of the land it was the welding of saxon and french into one speech that produced the wealth of our modern english naturally such momentous changes in a nation were not brought about suddenly at first normans and saxons lived apart in the relation of masters and servants with more or less contempt on one side and hatred on the other but in an astonishingly short time these two races were drawn powerfully together like two men of different dispositions who are often led into a steadfast friendship by the attraction of opposite qualities qualities each supplying what the other lacks the anglo-saxon chronicle which was continued for a century after hastings finds much to praise in the conquerors on the other hand the normans even before the conquest had no great love for the french nation after conquering england they began to regard it as home and speedily developed a new sense of nationality Geoffrey's popular history, written less than a century after the conquest, made conquerors and conquered alike proud of their country by its story of heroes who, curiously enough, were neither Norman nor Saxon but creations of the native Celts. Thus does literature, whether in a battle song or a history, often play the chief role in the development of nationality. Note: It is interesting to note that all the chroniclers of the period, whether of English or Norman birth, unite in admiration of the great figures of English history as as it was then understood brutus arthur hengist horsa edward the confessor and william of normandy are all alike set down as english heroes in a french poem of the thirteenth century for instance we read that there is no land in the world where so many good kings and saints have lived as the isle of the english such as the strong and brave arthur edmund and Canute. this national poem celebrating the english edward was written in french by a norman monk of westminster abbey and its first heroes are a celt a saxon and a dane See jusserand literary history of the english people end of note once the mutual distrust was overcome the two races gradually united and out of this union of saxons and normans came the new english life and literature literary ideals of the normans the change in the life of the conquerors from Norsemen to Normans from Vikings to Frenchmen is shown most clearly in the literature which they brought with them to England the old Norse strength and grandeur, the magnificent sagas telling of the tragic struggles of men and gods which still stir us profoundly these have all disappeared in their place is a bright varied talkative literature which runs to endless verses and which makes a wonderful romance out of every subject it touches the theme may be religion or love or chivalry or history the deeds of alexander or the misdeeds of a monk but the author's purpose never varies he must tell a romantic story and amuse his audience and the more wonders and impossibilities he relates the more surely is he believed we are reminded in reading of the native gauls who would stop every traveler and compel him to tell a story ere he passed on there was more of the gaul than of the Norseman in the conquerors and far more of fancy than of thought or feeling in their literature if you would see this in concrete form read the chanson de roland the french national epic which the normans first put into literary form in contrast with beowulf which voices the saxon's thought and feeling before the profound mystery of human life it is not our purpose to discuss the evident merits or the serious defects of norman-french literature but only to point out two facts which impress the student namely that anglo-saxon literature was at one time enormously superior to the french and that the latter with its evident inferiority absolutely replaced the former the fact is too often ignored says professor Schofield. Note English literature from the Norman Conquest to Chaucer. End of note that before ten sixty six, the Anglo Saxons had a body of native literature distinctly superior to any which the Normans or French could boast at the time. Their prose, especially, was unparalleled for extent and power in any European vernacular why then does this superior literature disappear and for nearly three centuries french remain supreme so much so that writers on english soil even when they do not use the french language still slavishly copy the french models to understand this curious phenomenon it is necessary only to remember the relative conditions of the two races who lived side by side in england on the one hand the anglo-saxons were a conquered people and without liberty a great literature is impossible the inroads of the danes and their own tribal wars had already destroyed much of their writings and in their new condition of servitude they could hardly preserve what remained the conquering normans on the other hand represented the civilization of france which country during the middle ages was the literary and educational center of all europe they came to england at a time when the idea of nationality was dead when culture had almost vanished when Englishmen lived apart in narrow isolation and they brought with them law, culture, the prestige of success and above all the strong impulse to share in the great world's work and to join in the moving currents of the world's history. Small wonder then that the young Anglo-Saxons felt the quickening of this new life and turned naturally to the cultured and progressive Normans as their literary models. End of section 5